Hello and welcome to the PR Department Podcast. You're through to your host, Katie Braden, and this is episode 15. Today, we're going to be discussing another podcast. (laughs) Well, that's where the idea came from. I know at this stage, most people have heard of or have listened to Emma Chamberlain's um, Anything Goes podcast and she does an episode where she talks about her opinion as to influencer culture and being an influencer being kind of dead, Um, which is obviously a very strong and quite controversial opinion considering that where she is now you know with her coffee company and going to the Met and being sponsored by Louis Vuitton and all of these things have come out of her being an influencer for her so for her to say that people had a lot of opinions but it really um it sparked something in my brain to really think about the life cycle of the influencer do I think influencer culture is dying how it's changing um I say a lot on the podcast that much like traditional PR influencer marketing is changing week to week day to day and unless you have the ability to be flexible and shift and change when it comes to brand strategies and how you deal with these things then you're constantly going to be on the back foot because it is just such an ever-changing world anyway. So let's start with Emma's opinion of what she kind of um, covered in her podcast. So she is under the opinion that it is so saturated, which I agree with, And it's saturated with people who have kind of become famous by accident and they don't actually have any foundation for that fame. So, you know, they've got followers online and now they're kind of this internet celebrity, um, but it's not for like doing anything. It's not like they're an athlete or they have a talent or they're, they're a musician, that kind of thing. They're just doing influencer stuff. Um, so when they're blown up to this huge level of fame, You're now following someone who is famous by accident and you're watching them do stuff and wear stuff, but it's not really rooted in any value. Um, You're just watching them because they're an influencer. And that's where it kind of feels a bit disjointed, I think. Um, And that was of her opinion. Um, And she says there comes a point where it's just not going to work anymore because it comes back to this level of fame being foundationless, which... On one hand, yes, I do agree. But on the other hand, there are people who are just famous for being themselves. Um, Like there's a a huge culture of um, influencers coming up through reality TV. And I don't just mean Love Island, like the Kardashians, for example. Like they were initially and still are reality tv stars but they are classed as this like high level celebrity because of what they've done with the influence that they got via the reality tv show which was just about them being themselves like there's that ongoing joke of like they didn't really have any talent they just are themselves and people like to follow them so there is that um you know I don't see them going away anytime soon but maybe they're in a different category because they are so huge like they're basically a level of celebrity now where even if they were to get cancelled like everyone would still know who they were like their level of celebrity would not be affected even if 
like public opinion was affected um but when you come to like your smaller influencers who have like and I'll develop on this later in the podcast but when I say smaller I mean like a million followers and I know that probably sounds ridiculous and people are like that's not small but in today's landscape it is um I will explain more later on um but yeah if you're a smaller influencer say a million followers and you're you've just sort of been catapulted to this influencer fame and now people are just following you and it's kind of doesn't have a substance um then yeah it is gonna fizzle out at some stage because there's only so far you can go without evolving and changing um I think where it's worked really well is um in the beauty community specifically because you have people who are actually like makeup artists and have an incredible talent and then their influence is kind of like it makes that talent amplified and seen by more people. Someone who comes to mind is um, Jamie Genevieve. I love her. A lot of people love her. She came from being a makeup artist on a makeup counter. So she will always have that skill and talent. And that is why people were initially following her in the first place. It wasn't just for no reason. It wasn't like, oh, she had a viral moment and then everybody followed her. You know, there is like substance to that. Um, so I think someone like her like she really has gone the distance like she's probably been an influencer now for like coming up to 10 years I would have thought um, and she's still going she's still growing um, she's getting bigger and bigger she's still getting paid posts people are still really engaged with her she now has her own brand which is like a brand that stands in its own right it's not I wouldn't say even though it is an influencer brand um, I think people know about it aside from Jamie like she's not um so wrapped up in it that the brand can't exist without her which I think is a really smart move um so yeah that's an example of someone who you know they've blown up and they have a real foundation to their fame and their influencer side of what they do has given them obviously the numbers but they have substance um but then there are a lot of people who are just like famous for not a lot really like an example of that for me anyway would be like um I don't know like a lot of the American influencers and I hate to categorize like that but you know like your Jake Pauls and your David Dobricks those kinds of people you know they they just kind of followed for well like why why are they why do you follow them because they post like funny videos and they do vlogs and skits and pranks and that that's the type of content that catapulted them to this level of following um and like yeah of course um now they both do different things like David has businesses Jake has his boxing whatever but they got their following from doing those like quite unsubstantial videos like there wasn't like a huge I don't think there was a huge talent behind that yes they're both business minded but it's not rooted in a specific thing so I think that's kind of like the examples of both sides so I can see what Emma is saying um I really agree with her first point about the saturation um and I think where that is coming from is the trend element of social media so specifically with like TikTok has enhanced it way more but it did exist on Instagram as well where you'll have like a celebrity or like a higher end influencer with a really big following who does something or 
wears something or does a certain trend you know tiktok speaking that kind of thing and then all of the influencers who are smaller will then copy so you've got like all of these people wearing doing filming the same things and then you've got another layer of people who want to be influencers who are then wearing copying doing these trends so by the time you actually see it from that many people of course it's boring and of course it's repetitive because it's been done so many times um and I think one of the things that influencers are known for are obviously being a selling tool that's how they make their money but when it gets to the point where putting something on an influencer makes it really boring I then beg the question well is that then going to affect the selling power which to be honest from my side of the table I think it is because influencers just don't have the selling power that they used to have like when I first started working with influencers which is going back like almost 10 years ago now when I first started working with influencers you would gift somebody um like I remember once there was so Gleam um who are uh, a quite a big talent agency they look after like a lot of the major influencers here in the UK they had um, an annual Halloween party every single year I'm not sure if they still do it and all of their talent would go So if you had like a makeup company or anything that was like Halloween themed, you would obviously gift the influencers from Gleam because you knew that they were going to be going to this big Halloween ball and they were going to be creating content around it. So at the time I used to look after a company called Facelace, um, Google them, incredible. But they used to do like, I think they still do, these amazing like 3D face masks um, that looked like lace. So imagine like a masquerade mask, but it sticks to your face and it has like a 3D effect. Perfect for this. So we gifted a few of the influencers. Um, I was an agency at the time, hence why I say we. Um, and In The Fro, so Victoria from In The Fro, um, she was pretty big at the time I think she had like a couple of hundred thousand not as big as she is now but she was pretty big at the time she ended up wearing one of the um, face lace masks and tagging it and they sold out I think like within a day or something like they sold like so many units it was insane like it was one of the most amazing selling days they've ever had and I can tell you now I cannot think of another instance where that has happened with an influencer since and that was going back like seven eight years ago now um it has really changed like when I work on like gift influencer gifting and even paid influencer marketing I always look at it as a content creation exercise unless you're going for somebody really really big who has selling power for example your Jamie Genevieve's your Molly Mays like those kinds of people who really do have selling power you know your smaller influencers and when I say smaller I mean like a mill and under they just don't have it like I have people posting that have like 100k plus and yes the brand will see a little bit of movement but not like it used to be it's just not and I honestly think it's because people are not as like obsessed with their favorite influencer anymore because what their favorite influencer is doing every other influencer is doing it whether they know it or not they are doing it um I'm also finding myself as well getting really really bored with shopping and anybody who knows me in real life like I am shopping obsessed and 
not in like a weird way but like I just love fashion and the thing that I love about fashion is the discovery element of it so I love finding new brands I love finding unique pieces um I shop vintage um almost exclusively now for that reason because I just don't get it from any of the high-end brands anymore and the reason for that is this like blanketed influencer marketing strategy that they all seem to be doing I've spoken about this on previous podcasts but for example like when Chanel is bringing out a new bag they'll gift it to all of like the top tier um, fashion girls and your Instagram feed will just be flooded with this bag left right and center and then as I mentioned before you've then got the category below them who are then buying the bag and shooting content with it because they want to be perceived as being in the same category as like your top tier And then you've got people in the lower tier who want to be influencers who are even buying the bag or they're buying fakes. So then your Instagram feed is absolutely plastered with this bag. And by the time it's even been out just a few weeks, I'm sick to death of it. Sick to death of it. Like there's not been one release from a high-end designer in the past, I would say maybe two years that has got me excited. And it's because of this marketing strategy. It's too much. And it gets to the point where you're getting these like five grand bags as trend pieces because they're so oversaturated within six months, everybody's sick of it and you actually won't wear it because by that point, the fake market has caught up and literally everybody is wearing it. So it's not special anymore. Like it's not a special piece and you just get bored so quickly, which personally, I don't think a like two, three, five whatever grand bag should ever be a trend piece and the fact that it is is kind of scary because that just shows how fast this market is moving and it also shows how crazy the influencer market is at the moment and how oversaturated it is um because you have this like level of echo and copying throughout the whole like pyramid basically from top to bottom um so Moving on to kind of like another subtopic um, that I mentioned at the beginning, which is the life cycle of an influencer. So we've kind of um, seen influencers now over the past, like, I don't know, 10, 15 years um, in the, the way that we know it. Like obviously influencers, sponsorships, ad deals, celebrity endorsements, all of that was it was seen before it's been going on for years however it wasn't until I think YouTube started paying content creators that we really saw the influencer shift and the market shift that we kind of see and know today I think that kind of started it all off I think that was in 2008 might be wrong should probably look it up but that's what my 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 brain is telling me so we're gonna go with that it's around that time so I think We have this huge boom on YouTube where influencers are making money. People are still looking at influencers and the job that they do. It's like really new and unknown. It still kind of is now, which is crazy considering that like there are whole companies living and thriving off of making money from influencers and people will still sit there and say it's not a real job. That's quite hilarious. But anyway, I think where you kind of... um, 
see the lifespan of this boom of influencers is where things start to get a little bit messy and it is centered in YouTube um, because I think that's where it kind of all started and I think that's where the demise of it kind of happened as well to get us to where we are today. So I'm going to discuss a few things that I think um, probably contributed to um, what people are calling the death of the influencer. The first thing is messy sponsorships. So back in the day, people were doing ads and making money and commissions and all this jazz and not disclosing it. Um, Ad rules did apply, but they weren't enforced because I think, you know, the companies that were having these ads done for them, there was no need, there was no need for them to disclose because like they'd never been fined or, you know, reprimanded for it before. So why would they? Um, obviously now we have really strict ad rules um, for influencers some still don't follow it which is kind of crazy but there we go Um, we do have those ad rules now and I think there is a lot more disclosure on all of the apps so TikTok, Instagram, YouTube because you kind of have to Um, and they are the apps have evolved as well to be more ad savvy like for example the paid partnership Um, disclosure thing on the top of Instagram posts all that jazz so I think um, people were kind of developing a distrust towards influencers when they were starting to be called out for these messy sponsorships not disclosing ads for example there was like a huge thing on YouTube around 2016-2017 where people were having discount codes for everything like it was like the foundation the lashes the makeup palette everything had a discount code and it was all listed in their bio and people were getting this money off and they were being encouraged to you know purchase these products with these discount codes specifically the Morphe codes like everybody knows the Morphe codes um but these codes Obviously, we know now because we're more savvy as consumers and there's more education out there about these things, but those influencers were making a commission the whole time and that was never disclosed. It was always positioned as, oh, you know, here's some money off for you, not I make a commission of every sale, which obviously in hindsight is quite obvious, but at the time people just didn't know and then when they found out it felt deceitful. So I think that was a huge part of it. Um, you then have these huge scale brand trips um, that obviously influencers were invited to go on for free. Um, but what people didn't know, and again, felt like a big revelation, um, was the fact that they some people were being paid to go on these trips and they were being paid to post about these trips, which again, is something we know and understand now, but at the time felt like a big deceit. Um, also I think it was really rubbing people off um, up the wrong way when they were seeing people go on these like super expensive like Bora Bora Hawaii like think the benefit cosmetic trips like that's the best way to envision it Um, you know you've got your average person at home that's being told to buy this bloody mascara but then you've got all of these influencers living it up in Hawaii for free and people are like well why I'm the consumer I'm the one spending the money and then you've got all these influencers living it up so I think there was a bit of animosity as well they were starting to be sort of um jealousy but in a way where the influencers were getting it in the neck when really 
when you look at this, a, a lot of the time the brands are actually at fault because they should have been enforcing like adver- advertising disclosure and they should have been saying, you know, you've got to let people know that you're making a commission or, you know, maybe let's not do this massive brand trip because we don't need to. Um, but yeah, it it kind of ended up being the influencers that really got it in the neck. And I think that that has really tainted even the view and trust that we have for influencers to this day. And it's really embedded in these things. Um, I mean, we can't talk about messy sponsorships and non-disclosures without talking about the Kenza Cosmetics thing. For those of you who don't know, this was a huge thing on YouTube where like some of the biggest creators like Gabby Hanna, Tana Mojo, who were really huge at the time, were pushing um, Kenza's free makeup brushes, which obviously side note were not free because you had to pay shipping and handling which was like a ridiculous cost um so yeah loads of people were essentially getting scammed by that and again seems really obvious in hindsight but at the time people didn't know um so that was an interesting situation all of these things were kind of sowing their seeds in the height of youtube and instagram which was like 2016 2017 so obviously from then till now we've had a lot of time for people to see these influencers see everything that they're getting and all of this stuff and all of this money and these brand trips and these free gifts and all that jazz and then obviously want to be them and want to actively try and be an influencer um there was a um what's it called a not a study like a poll like a anyway the words escape me um there was this thing a few years ago that lego did and it said that kids um most kids wanted to be an influencer as opposed to like an astronaut sorry it wasn't influencer it was a vlogger they wanted to be a vlogger rather than an astronaut and it hit the british newspapers and it was this story was everywhere and obviously like you had all of these like older people commenting on it being like oh kids don't have dreams anymore this is so sad but when you think about it like when you're looking at this height of youtube and instagram 2016-17 and all of these things that these influencers and vloggers and everything was getting like you can kind of see why kids would want that um also you've got you know your regular people who are working regular jobs looking at what these influencers are doing versus what they're getting and they're thinking oh yeah like I want a bit of that like I get it it seems like you know the best job in the world I suppose um but this has led to people actively trying to be influencers which I think pre-2016 like yeah okay you had the odd person who was maybe trying to be an influencer but it wasn't really a thing now you literally go on TikTok and you have girls giving you like full-blown tutorials on how to be an influencer um my personal opinion on this is quite strong um I don't think you can choose to be an influencer quite honestly because I think you can't choose to have influence like you can't like stand in front of a group of people and be like I am influential because it's up to the group of people if you're influential or not and I think that's where a a lot of people forget that like the word influencer comes from influence and you can't pick if you're influential or not you either are or you're not like you either have a community and an audience who 
want to listen to you and want to buy the products that you're recommending and think that you're interesting and want to follow you yes you can create cool content but you can't pick whether you're influential I don't think anyway I know some people might disagree with that I think where people are trying my laptop just made a little gurgling noise um I think where people are trying to be an influencer and you know there's these tips and things like that I think it works really well for figuring out what your niche is because you might not be influential in fashion but you might be influential in beauty if that makes sense and unless you try and do these different styles of content you're never gonna know so I am I'm hugely like encouraging of people who want to try and be an influencer like I'm not saying don't do it but what I am saying is I think there is only a certain level you can reach without being naturally influential and you don't get to choose that the people who follow you do so that's my opinion on it anyway um but yeah we've arrived at this market now 2022 where influencers are verging on being more than normal people like it's quite difficult to kind of come across somebody nowadays who doesn't have some kind of following or some kind of want to create content or be an influencer um like I have a few friends who don't really post on Instagram at all like are really not into it like they'll take pictures like just for memories but won't really post and it is quite a breath of fresh air quite cool because then everybody else seems to be trying to do this influencer thing and um obviously me working in the industry I just I just can't like people are constantly like oh do you want me to take a picture of you like do you want me to take a picture of your outfit and I'm like no please like no like it really sends me sideways like I just can't think of anything worse but that's just me being weird about having my you know posing and taking pictures and stuff like that it's not for me but it is for a lot of people and I kind of sometimes I wish I was more that way inclined because I think I'd have really cool pictures but um there's just something in me that can't I just can't so yeah the market is very very saturated you have a ton of influencers like way more than you know the kind of small pool of influencers that we used to have and that means it's become to mean that you're following if you're if you think you have a big following you, you probably don't because at this stage everybody's got a big following so if everyone's got a big following you it's not a big following anymore you know so they're actually classing micro influencers as people with under a hundred thousand followers which is wild like even just like six months to a year ago a micro influencer would be maybe like 10k and under now it's a hundred k and under because so many people have a hundred k and that's going to keep going up and up and up and up like a really good example of this is there are loads of people on TikTok who have like a million plus followers. And I'm not saying it's easy on TikTok to get a million plus followers because it isn't. There is still like work that needs to go into it. However, there was recently um, VidCon, which is like a, if you don't know, like a huge convention, which is like very heavily centered in content creation um it used to be sponsored by youtube but i believe this year tiktok sponsored it so alongside all of like the youtubers who were there that people could like go to their meet and greets and watch them do panels and all this jazz there was also like a heavy tiktok presence 
and it was going around like these videos were making the rounds that you have these like girls guys who have a million plus followers on tiktok and not a single person turned up to their meet and greet and like if you're an influencer and you've got like a million followers you'd probably be like oh yeah I'm, I'm sweet like I'm you know I'm hitting the big time here I'm all good but because so many people have got a million plus followers it doesn't mean anything like how crazy is that um and there's a lot of talk as well about the different types of followers so for example if you've got a million on youtube people have got to watch like a 10 to 20 minute video of you multiple times before they subscribe on a platform like youtube so getting a million is really really challenging so it means a lot more whereas on tiktok it's very like come and go so like someone might watch a 10 second video of yours and just hit follow and then never watch another video of yours ever again so if you've got that million on tiktok it kind of doesn't have the same um meaning as a million on youtube for that reason um Um, And obviously not, because looking at that VidCon example, like people are just not engaged. Um, There was also a statement a couple of months ago that was going around from like a company that does like influencer merch. And they were saying that like the TikTokers merch just isn't selling because again, it's very come and go. Like they have these big followings, but they don't have the the staying power or the selling power that say a YouTuber does because it's not the same interaction with their audience. So that's really starting to change. Um, you know, isn't it, it's just wild that we're even discussing that a million followers is like not that much. Like that kind of blows my mind. Um, but yeah, the audiences basically are just not converting from TikTok, um, which is the the general consensus I think I have three more um like kind of subtopics to cover and that is um so the first one is like why does everybody want to be an influencer um and I think there is a balance of pros and cons much like any other job um but I do think that the pros do outweigh the cons like for example the co the the cons <laughs> no the pros are that they make a lot more money than the average wage um you don't need a formal education um it's very flexible working you basically work when you want to work where you want to work and usually you're doing something that you enjoy um so i think considering all of these things the cons which i think one of the biggest cons is the mental health impact i know a lot of influencers suffer with bad mental health um But I do think that the cons are fairly compensated because of all of the pros. Some people will disagree with that. And I think it really does depend based on personal experience, because obviously like every influencer is different. But generally speaking, I think that the cons are fairly compensated because of how many pros there are. Don't get me wrong, content creators do work hard, but it's a different, it's a different hard, if that makes sense. Like it's not a a bricklayer hard where you turn up and do physical graft for like 16 hours a day for minimum wage it's not like a beautician hard where you like wax people's eyebrows and you get paid nine pounds an hour like it's a different kind of hard like it's creatively hard you have to run your own business you've got to do your own taxes you know if you don't do your job that's on you but still I think the pros outweigh the cons it's also um, a gateway to other things so a lot of people have used it to start their own brands for example 
And this is another thing which I think I might do a different episode on. Um, Let me know over on Instagram um, at the PR department podcast if you'd be interested in this. But I think this has also made the brand side of things massively oversaturated um, because influencers are starting brands. The influencer market is massively saturated. Now the brand market is overly saturated. Like it's like a big vicious circle. Anyway, back to the point. Um, It's a gateway to other things. So as I said earlier, like Emma Chamberlain, for example, sponsored by Louis Vuitton, is going to the Met, has a really highly successful like um, uh, Spotify podcast, uh, all this jazz. You know, she's got that from being an influencer. So she's jumped, made that jump and gone on to other things. Also, another thing that isn't really talked about, influencers have a really high social capital. So you basically just like, treated really well wherever you go like if you want to go to a restaurant and you've got like a million followers nine times out of ten you'll be able to get a seat and a good table and good service so there's that and I know you know what I'm talking about but it's not often put down as a pro of the job but it really is like I see it a lot myself like even in the events that I design like they're designed for VIPs like this isn't like some normal person stuff even though they get in it all for free like it's a VIP experience um or aims to be anyway and that is because you're dealing with influencers. Like I always say to any of my salons that are offering like in-person treatment for PR, they have to be treated as celebrities. So take that for what you will. Um, yeah, so the the next kind of little subtopic, the downside of influencing. Um, so there's two parts to this. The first part is kind of what we touched on earlier where influencers are now seen as quite deceitful and I just wanted to talk a little bit about why that is obviously we talked earlier about where that has come from but where we are now um, I think it massively um, leans on obviously the sponsorships that they do and how they do them so if you are an influencer listening to this um, this is something to pay attention to I guess in terms of not coming across um in a bad way to your audience which kind of seems obvious but something to think about um so influence a lot of influencers who I know and love they only take deals with brands that they know well and they love their products like you've got for example like um molly may and plt like she's always been with them she's always loved them she genuinely wears their products all of the time and she's not kind of jumped around from brand to brand different deals is it a good deal do i support it no but that's an example of an influencer taking a deal and sticking with it and only doing what they know and love but there are also a ton of influencers out there who do brand deals willy-nilly like they've never tried the products before like they don't even know what it is but they're doing the sponsorship anyway and I think that gives the whole influencer world a bad name and it makes everybody look bad because whilst not everybody is doing it everybody is seen to be doing it if that makes sense um like I've spoken about it on my Instagram I've spoken about it on this podcast where I've had my own experience of influencer agents asking me for money for paid sponsorships when the influencer has never even used the brand never mind the product like they've never even seen it and they want to talk money so I will always say no because I don't think it's ethical and I also think it's not good it's not a good luck for my brand to be doing that but I know there's a lot of brands out there who will 
So, you know, again, coming back to the point, it's not all the influencers' fault. The brands have got to have some kind of accountability here because together they've kind of built a monster. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we all know that... Remember, I can't remember who it was who did. It got caught out on video saying that she's done these skinny tea sponsorships for years and she's never even tried it. There we go. Like, that just that just sums up the whole point, doesn't it? Um, and then the last little um, sub-topic is influencer fatigue, which is something that we're seeing a lot of in present day. And this is coming off the back of, like, a lot of our big, big influencers, like your Emma Chamberlains, your, you know, your big beauty influencers, your Jaclyn Hills, etc., etc. They've been an influencer now for, like, coming up to, like, 10 years plus. Um and they are fatigued because you know their life is consumed in social media and as we know social media is really detrimental for our mental health whether we are content creators or consuming it um and they're doing the same thing obviously over and over again for 10 years like for example you've got somebody like who does like a prank channel they've been doing that for 10 years like you're going to be sick of yourself and then you've also got consumer fatigue the people who are watching them they're sick of seeing it so you're overall you're just a big pole of fatigue your influencers are fatigued your consumers are fatigued nobody's making sales and then it all becomes a little bit like what's the point um And then it comes back to what I've said earlier. You've got your bigger influencers who are posting really similar things to each other, partially due to like trending stuff, algorithm stuff, things that are doing well. You then have smaller influencers copying them and then you have the people who want to be influencers copying them. So it's all just become very samey and very boring. Um, So not to end on a negative, but this kind of bears the question you know it's (laughs) I don't know if anyone can hear my little cat noodle is meowing in the background and it's purely because she wants to jump on my chair and she can't because I'm sitting on it so bear with me if you can hear her meowing in the background (laughs) she just there's nothing I can do about it she will not stop and if I put her outside she will tear the door off so you know swings and roundabouts I pick my battles here Um, But yeah, not to end on a negative, but I think it really does bear the question, which I kind of touched on at the beginning, is like, what's next? Like, there has to be a shift. There has to be a change. Um, I think we are starting to see that with TikTok and with um, micro-influencers and also brands creating their own content because I think brands are realizing that they can have a similar effect to influencers by creating almost influencer-branded style content what comes to mind is the Ryanair TikTok. I don't know if anybody knows what I'm talking about, but basically Ryanair had this really ingenious TikTok strategy where they had like the little Ryanair plane and you know, the filter only shows your eyes and your mouth and they would do all of the TikTok trends as the Ryanair plane and it was hilarious and they were getting more views and more interactions and building their community and building their following without the help of any influencers so I think the brands are starting to take their power back and also how they're being supported in this is UGC content creation which is user generated content creation because it's actually embedded in 
amazing content and also small tapping into smaller communities maybe i should do an episode about ugc because people don't seem to know what that is but it is like an emerging thing i'm seeing and i'm also pushing my brands towards engaging with ugc because i think it's going to be as i said the next big thing so those are my like tip of the iceberg predictions of what's kind of coming next um but yeah I think there definitely is we're in the phase now where there definitely is a next because as you can tell by all of my points the influencer marketing landscape is in need of change and I think is going to change organically um but yeah let me know what you think um over on instagram you can keep up with me in between the episodes let me know your thoughts any dms any comments you can tell i've been speaking for almost 40 minutes non-stop um (laughs) so head over to at the pr department podcast um and i will chat to you over there bye